Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. It's mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. My name is Tim Robertson. I'm the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thanks for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous... For $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. And if you'd like to join the Alpo, membership begins at only $18 a year. You can find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find face, find us on Facebook. The, just search for ALPO Astronomy and you'll find the ALPO Facebook page. And this podcast also has its own Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss any episode. And now, episode 129. And we're going to learn all about an upcoming partial lunar eclipse. Stay tuned. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about lunar eclipses. And that brings up our eclipse expert in the ALPO, Keith Spring. Welcome to the podcast, Keith. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me back. Great. Now, before we get into the subject today, why don't we just get a little bit of background about yourself? Well, I'm 21 years old. Uh, I love solar and lunar eclipses and everything else astronomy. Um, I've been doing this for, geez, my whole life. <laughs> and uh, That long, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember a time before it. And uh, I, I love spreading astronomy to everyone else. <laughs> Great. Great. Now, what, what kind of observing equipment do you have? Oh, well, I've got uh, two different telescopes that I mainly use. I have a uh, four-inch apochromatic refractor and a um, eight-inch... Uh, Celestron uh, Schmidt Cassegrain telescope for uh, deeper observing. I also use a uh, Canon EOS 80D for lunar and uh, some solar observing. I find it helps with uh, eclipses and uh, eclipses happen so quickly. You need to be on the fly and able to aim the uh, camera so quickly. I, I find it works better with a, uh, a camera instead of a telescope. Yeah, that's like the the last eclipse I used a telephoto lens, and that's all, and then a camera, not even on, just on a tripod, just doing whole sky things. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah. How did you get involved with the Alpo? Oh, well, my mentor, uh, Dr. Mike Reynolds, the uh, previous <laughs> Eclipse session coordinator. <laughs> That's great. Sorry. One day he just contacted me and said, hey, you want to help me with a, an astronomy group I'm in? <laughs> I said, sure, why not? That sounds like Mike. <laughs> Next thing I know, um, Ken sends me a uh, an email saying, "Congratulations, you're <laughs> you're going to be the uh, assistant acting assistant coordinator for the uh, eclipse section and the uh, Mercury Venus transit section." So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, like Mike Reynolds. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, and you, eclipses have already been always been like your main focus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, way back in, uh, 2004, October 27th, 2004 was my first eclipse. Um, this actually is back, <laughs> takes me back to, uh, what the first time, uh, Mike Reynolds influenced me in astronomy. He was on the uh, local news and, um, said that the, uh, there was a, a lunar eclipse coming on October 27th, back in 2004. And, uh, well, <laughs> My uh, my mother was nice enough to say, hey, that's pretty neat. So she, she took me outside and I saw it and that was that. And ever since then, I've been looking into eclipses, especially lunar eclipses. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, my history with Mike goes way back. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, we miss him a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Okay, now we're going to be talking about a an interesting partial lunar eclipse uh coming up this month well the november 19th partial lunar eclipse is certainly an interesting one Mm -hmm. it's so close to being a total eclipse it feels wrong saying it's a partial (laughs) it really does i I saw the chart of how much of the moon's eclipsed and i had to zoom in on my computer to see (laughs) how much was not yeah 97.42 percent is that's almost a total mm-hmm. um, not quite but it's, it's almost there um it'll be happening about 402 eastern time um that's uh, 902 etc if you need to uh, convert that um it's visible in all of north america um south america for most of the eclipse you should be able to see the um the near totality down there um, also in um, Eastern Asia and uh, Australia. So there's a lot of people who should be able to see this. And even up in the UK, uh, people should be able to see a good part of this. Great. Now, okay, being 97, I know, I've talked to people that have seen total solar eclipses, and they're like, well, what if I'm just on the outside, like 99%? Will it look differently? And absolutely, yes, solar eclipses look absolutely different from 99 to 100%. With this partial lunar eclipse, it's 97% covered. What do you think it'll look like? Well, it's a good thing you brought up uh, solar eclipses. Because with solar eclipses, if you're right in the center line, you'll get a little, the partial will come in, you'll get a little bit of that diamond ring, then it'll go to the total. And then you'll get some more diamond ring when it's when the moon is leaving the path mm-hmm. of the sun, and um, then you know that's that. If you're on the very very edge though, um, 
that diamond ring can last a lot longer mm -hmm. and you can see a lot more of the uh, Bailey's beads effect on okay. the edge of the, uh, the edge of the moon coming through from the sun. Um, but with lunar eclipses, it's, I'm expecting most of the moon to be cast in that nice dark red, mm -hmm. like, um, like we're all used to with a total lunar eclipse, but there'll just be a, that sliver of the moon that still seems much brighter and shining. It'll still be in the uh, penumbra of the mm -hmm. earth. So it won't be, won't be incredibly bright, but it will be substantially brighter than the, uh, fully covered portion. And being so close to the edge there, it'll go on for quite a while mm -hmm. having it like that. So it should be a real treat to see. This is the closest one I've seen closest to the edge that is. And in the next um, few years, I haven't seen any that come this close. Yeah. I can't recall ever seeing one to me. It's either partial halfway covered or a total eclipse and being since it's so close to the edge of the umbra, I imagine because it's not in, uh, like usually normally when a lunar eclipse takes place and it goes to the center of the Earth's shadow, it's a darker eclipse. Right. So I imagine it's going to, like you mentioned, it's probably a ruby red or something like that. The moon will appear. It'll most likely be uh, a pretty bright eclipse compared to mm -hmm. a lot of uh, normal ones that you would expect, but it's certainly going to be interesting. I'd, I'd love to see a lot of photos at the uh, Alpo eclipse section. That'd, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, great. Now you said it's going to be invisible all over the place. Where whoever uh, where whoever can see the moon, basically. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, North America, South America, Asia, Australia, um, a bit of Europe, a bit of uh, Western Europe and Western Africa, but not much. Okay. So, um, but for people in the U.S. and South America, it's going to be very visible. So you mentioned maximum eclipse is about. 4 a.m. on the eastern on the east coast, right? Yes, 4 so to 53 a.m. Eastern time. Okay, so it's about one o'clock in the morning my time. So, all right. So all right. it's <laughs> it's there, and it's definitely worth seeing. I don't. I'm not sure when the uh, next one will get this close to the uh, the edge of the amber like this, but it's definitely definitely worth some, uh, taking photos of, or at the very least, going out and watching. Yes. When I no, go out for oh, you go on. No, go on, go on. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, when I see this one, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take a bit easy this year. I'm going to grab a uh, tripod with my uh, my camera uh, and my 250 millimeter telephoto lens, and just get some uh, nice pictures of it and sit there with binoculars and just watch it happen. These okay. these events are so wonderful. It's it's a shame if you don't watch it. So that's true. That's true. And being in the middle of the night, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be higher in the sky. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, other than photos, are there observations that you'd like to have submitted? Oh, of course, of course. Um, even just a written um, explanation of just what you thought of the eclipse would be great. Saying, how how you felt when you watched the eclipse uh, transition through its phases? What what impact did it have on you or the the people around you that you might be bringing to see the eclipse? I know that um, you know I've seen a half dozen 
total lunar eclipses. And when I, when I bring people to see them, it's always, it's always interesting watching um, first time impressions of mm-hmm. lunar eclipses, or even when I went to see the uh, 2017 total solar eclipse, watching everybody oh, yeah. um, enjoy it for the first time. That's certainly a treat. Yep. And um, it, if you'll, if you'll uh, submit um, just written reports of what it was like, how, how it made you feel, how it made your observations of people, what the weather was like, where you were, mm-hmm. any, anything interesting. Also, if you do observe with things, um, please submit the equipment that you observed, say what kind of binoculars are used or what kind of telescope or camera. Um, it's always good to have imaging information. And I find a lot of people uh, find that interesting. It, it also helps other people who want to see the, uh, the eclipses or take pictures of the eclipses. If you can have a firsthand report of, oh, I use these binoculars, but they were too high power. Um, next time I'll use lower power binoculars. So it's easier to stay focused on the moon. Mm. Things like that. Good, good point. Now, I know with total lunar eclipses, we measure the brightness in the, I believe it's called the Dunjon scale. Yes. Um, is that going to be something that we're, we think we can do with this partial because it's so big? Well, I would say since it's on the edge, I mean, it's, it's worth doing. Okay. I mean, my opinion is it's, it's always worth measuring something, even if the measurement isn't yeah. normal. It's data. <laughs> it, it's definitely going to be very bright on the Dangent scale, but um, it's definitely worth measuring. And I'd really like to see what people think about that. Okay. Can you describe uh, the Dangent scale to people? Uh, the uh, Dangent scale is a method we use to uh, gauge lunar brightness. Um, during eclipses um the uh actually don't use it that much myself i would use it for several years now because yeah i I mostly observe um but generally um it's a way for us to look back and see how bright was this eclipse versus that one okay and compare uh, observations. All right. I will put a link in the show notes describing what the Dajon scale with an example to that yes. people can use that people can use as a right. guide. Because I'm I'm racking my brain right now yes. trying to remember exactly what the scale is. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> it's I mean, been I, years since I've used it as well. I mean I have you know I have a a set of pictures showing the difference, but mm-hmm. you know it's hard to put into words it's so much easier to just look at a picture and That's say true. ah that makes a lot more sense yeah i, w- I will add that to the show notes so people can easily right. see that that'd be an excellent idea yeah it's, it's so much easier because how do you describe how some how bright something is you go ah that one's bright or no oh, that one's that one's dim over my years i've i've just been you know i have my own personal list and i've been ranking the winter eclipses compared to each other compared to the ones i've seen mm-hmm. um but going and looking at a, a separate scale that's defined differently. I mean, if, if you want to get really specific and say, oh, it's this many lumens or that many lumens. Right. <laughs> that's kind of, that's pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, the best way to do it is just look at a, uh, a, um, a, a photo explanation and compare the brightness in the, uh, the photos mm-hmm. and then assign a number like that. 
Yeah, I, I'm thinking th- that the the sliver of light that's going to be on the edge might throw all that off too, because yeah. your eyes are going to be drawn toward that, and it'll make it look probably darker because it'll yes. be so drastic between what that is. But that might be an interesting observation as well. I yes. mean, it's it's uh, what did the moon look like like when it was halfway? How dark was it? Because I've seen lunar eclipses mm-hmm. where the moon just disappears. It right. looks like a black hole in the sky. Right. You know, and th- this this is not going to be that because we're going to have that sliver of light on the, on the on the rim. I mean, it's it's very possible that we'll have that just bright sliver and then it'll look like nothing That's for the rest true. of it. Like trying to take a picture of a new moon or an, mm-hmm. or a you know, last phase moon and you know, you have that that thin sliver of light and it's really hard to capture any detail on the uh right. the actual lunar surface because of just how bright it is. I'm not sure the contrast will be quite that substantial, but hmm. it'll it'll definitely be there. Well, it's so. it's all guesses and estimates right now. We won't know until we watch <laughs> it, which is which is a fun thing. I mean, every lunar eclipse I've ever seen looks different. Every single one. It is. Every eclipse is its own thing and every eclipse needs to be seen. Um I know some people who won't go out if it's a partial or just penumbral lunar eclipse mm-hmm. it just it's just not worth it but you know this it's so close to a total you have right. to see it right and i mean it'd be a waste not to yeah I, I i agree i'm interested to see how much detail i can see on the eclipse part of the moon because that's one thing i I'll, I'll grab like you mentioned binoculars and look at the moon and say okay well i can make out some features or some eclipses i haven't able been able to so i want to see how much of the moon i can actually see when it's at its maximum yes yeah okay it should be great okay well anything else else you want to share about this eclipse before we move on oh this one well hmm i don't think so it's it'll be a fun one so make sure you get out there and see it make sure you bring other people out there to see it there you go wake up your neighbor at uh midnight Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. If, if you can do that, then it's good. Uh, now, are there any other eclipses this year? Ah, uh, yes. There's one more. Um, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who can see it though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On December 4th of uh, 2021, there's a total solar eclipse that lasts for one minute and 54 seconds. So it's, it's not too long, but it's, it's there. It goes over the uh, South Pole, though, nearly. So, so if you can get a uh, boat down <laughs> to the uh, down near the South Pole, I, I'd definitely publish a picture of that. <laughs> I'm not sure how many uh, scientists down at the South Pole would uh, submit a picture of this, but I'd really like to see it. I'd and that's like a to total. That's a total solar eclipse too. It is a total solar eclipse going over Antarctica. Wow. So it's it's great. Do you uh, know how long totality will last? Uh yeah. Um totality will last uh, one minute fifty-four seconds. Okay. So that's that's pretty good. Um so there is some more hope though. The uh, partial phase of it does go over the very southern tip of uh Africa and over a little bit of um Australia and Tasmania. So might be able to get a little bit of okay. partial out of that one. Um, 
not really expecting any submissions for that one though. It's, okay. Well, we, it's we have listeners in, in those areas. So, uh, you <laughs> in the South pole, <laughs> well, Africa, you never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for this year. You, you have a preview for what we can expect next year. Of course I could give a, a quick overview of uh, next year's eclipses on uh, April 30th of 2022 with a uh, partial solar eclipse. Um, this one goes over mostly the Southeast, well, the very South, Southeast Pacific and uh, Southern South America. Uh, this partial solar eclipse. I mean, some people can get some pictures of the partial. That would be uh, great, but it would be right on the edge of it. Mm. Uh, on May 16th of 2022, there's a total lunar eclipse. Now this one will be great. This one goes over North America, South America, Europe, Africa. It's, it's very visible. Totality for this one is an hour and 24 minutes, 53 seconds. Oh my goodness. Yes. That one happens at 12, 12, 41 AM Eastern time. Okay. So it's, you know, all of North America, South America, um, half of Europe and Africa. That one should be uh, pretty visible. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the chart for that one right now. And it shows the penumbral and partial eclipse part won't be visible from the West coast, but everything else will, right. and it'll be early enough in the evening, like nine o'clock at night when maximum. So right. it's, it's really nice. Yes. That should be a great one. Yeah. There's an October 25th partial solar eclipse that goes right over Europe, straight mm. over Europe and um, the Middle East and uh, Northeast Africa. There's I'm certain there's a lot of, Alpo mm-hmm. observers and podcast listeners that are there. Yep. They'll be able to see this one. That one happens exactly at 11 uh, UTC, which is extremely close to Greenwich Mean Time. So, Okay. And that seems like it's very similar to the lunar eclipse we're having this month, where it's almost total. It's 86%. Yeah. So that's, that's very close. And um, again, I, I love hydrogen alpha viewing of partial solar eclipses Ah. i don't have anywhere near enough photos of those most people most people take most of their photos at the the total eclipses but you know we shouldn't neglect the uh the partials Mm -mm. so no no. if people can get um nice observations of these with um good eclipse filters you need you definitely need eclipse glasses and eclipse filters for this Mm-hmm. don't go staring at an 80 86 percent of the sun being covered right. you know that's you know that's still you know 14 percent of the sun that's uncovered and that could still burn your eyes out it's true so so wear glasses we're we're the eclipse glasses where um you know proper eye protection proper camera and observation equipment protection so it, those sensors don't burn out right and finally for 2022 We have another lunar eclipse on November 8th. This one is uh, visible in um, East Asia, um, Australia, Pacific Ocean, and uh, extremely visible uh, by UTEM over on the uh, West Coast. uh, It looks like about half the U.S. can see the thing. Yeah, Yeah. 
and a lot of the U.S. can see it. And uh, this should be a very visible, easily seen eclipse. Well, I'll tell you what, you come out to California, you can watch it here. <laughs> I might need to do that. I'll put you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm still working on the uh, 2022 eclipse list, but that should be up on the uh, eclipse section website but on uh, 2022. Okay, great. Well, that's, I'm sure we'll have podcasts next year to talk about those in a little, a lot more in depth. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yes, we will. That's, <laughs> I, I will bother you again. Oh, yes. <laughs> but um, just want to remind people, okay, that, that's November 19th. It's yes. the early morning of November 19th. Yep. And uh, you don't need any eclipse glasses. This is not a nope. solar eclipse. So naked eye is perfectly fine for looking at this. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you want any type of observations people have. Any type. Anything okay. you think about it. What a, observing the people around you seeing the eclipse, observing um, yourself, how, how you, what you think about it, um, what equipment you're using, what advice you would give to other people trying to observe eclipses um, okay. like this of similar brightness. Okay. Um, that's always great. Looking back in the historical notes and seeing what people think, saying, seeing advice from the past is always helpful. It's very because, true, um, very true. And I'm, I, and I'm sure you'll write a report oh, yes. following. So those of I you that it. do submit your observations, because, they will um, be used in the report and you'll, you'll probably get credit for it as well. So I learned a lesson back in uh, 2012 with the lunar eclipse. I think it was 2012, might have been 2013. Um, I was using, you know, high power binoculars. Mm -hmm. It was impossible to keep the moon in sight because I could, I was only able to see you know, half the moon of the time of these binoculars, you're just way too high power. Ah. So I stepped back and got some uh, 10 by 50 image stabilized mm -hmm. binoculars. Those work wonders. Okay. Um, image stabilized binoculars are great for watching the moon. And uh, I definitely recommend something like that. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lunar eclipse is not for high power telescopes. Oh no! <laughs> it's for it's for binoculars or naked eye. Definitely. Great. Definitely. Great. And the most important part is to uh, to go out and uh, just see it. I mean, if you, if you don't have a camera, that's perfectly fine. Just go out, see it, see what you think about it, and uh, just write a report. You don't have to make pictures. You don't have to. Uh, it doesn't have to be fancy. You can just write a one or two sentence. A summary of it or a paragraph if you want but just any thoughts about it okay all, i will always I, welcome and i will have your address all or email address in the uh show notes so people can contact you directly if they have questions or to submit their yes, observations yes and uh observations can go to the um eclipse at alpo-astronomy.org Okay. Email. Um, i think that's the address i have yeah, yeah that that archives the uh the images and Get something to me. Great. So, well, yeah. Keith, unless you have anything else you want to add, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you, Tim. And I hope to be back uh, sometime to talk about the 2022 eclipses. Great. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you.
Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Again, I want to thank our Eclipse Coordinator for the Alpo, Keith Spring, for coming on and talking about the upcoming lunar eclipse and some eclipses coming up next year. Please get out there and observe on the morning of November 19th. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. You can also hear us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Echo, and Spotify. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. You can get up to $35 a month, where you will receive one year's membership to the Alpo and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moyer, for the continued generous support of the podcast. Thank you very much, gentlemen. The link for the Patreon, as well as the link for the Alpo, is in the show notes. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is cometman at cometman.net. Or also on the Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.